aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. If you're looking for COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. You can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Tim Ford. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Clint Boyer sees the checkered flag. Um, Chicago's always been a cool racetrack. It's a sister track to my home track in Kansas. What a move by Harvick. You know, that racetrack in particular, the asphalt's really wore out, and you add, you know, some high temperatures to go along with it. It should be a should be a really fun race. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew with you yet again as we get ready to head out to Chicagoland Speedway on the heels of road course race number one of 2018. Got a lot coming up for you on today's show. NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace is going to stop by and break down his observations of the 2018 season. First-time winner in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Justin Haley is going to stop by and chat about his win at Gateway Motorsports Park on Saturday night. Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, is going to preview this Sunday's Overton's 400 at Chicagoland. Lead turn announcer for Motor Racing Network, Dave Moody, is going to join us. Talk about the drivers to watch as we get into this summer stretch. Kim Coon's going to have a social media minute. We'll look back on the events of this week in NASCAR history and much, much more. But first, Kyle Ricky is alongside with all of the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, all three of NASCAR's national series will be back together again this weekend at Chicagoland Speedway in Joliet, Illinois. The weekend will begin on Friday night with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Overton's 225. The Tory Racing Enterprises driver Brett Moffitt has already won two races this season and is happy to be back full-time in NASCAR racing, but says due to the lack of sponsorship and the unknowns of the team's future, it's hard for him to get in the mindset of being a full-time driver. 
unfortunately haven't had that mentality of we have a full-time ride because with the with the sponsorship situation we we truly don't know um you know it's been week to week uh, pretty much the whole season so far and you know the, obviously the momentum we have going and the results we have going are opening some doors i think to start conversations about filling those sponsorship gaps uh but it, it still takes a while, unfortunately. Moffitt is third in the championship standings, heading to Chicagoland this weekend. Our live coverage of the trucks is set for 8.30 p.m. Eastern time Friday night. The NASCAR Xfinity Series will race on Saturday in Chicago, while the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will cap the weekend on Sunday, and Motor Racing Network will have live coverage of those events as well. For the full weekend schedule, see MRN.com. Mike? Coming up on NASCAR Live, Dave Moody is going to join us and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series winner from Gateway, Justin Haley, stops by as well. This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. And now those parts and supplies come with more savings when you sign up for the AutoZone Rewards Program. You'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times in one year. One more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need. Learn more about AutoZone Rewards at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic. Is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word... Oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. MRN's lead turn announcer Dave Moody joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. 34 of the best Winston Cup drivers in the world get ready Richard to run. Petty again drops to the inside, then here he comes, swings right back to the outside. I can hand and Elliott takes it and wins the Winston Million, and the Southern Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with him. Earnhardt goes off in the grass, brings the car back onto the speedway, and keeps Dale it. Dale Earnhardt has won the Daytona 500. Talk about an emotional victory lane. I got a feeling we're going to have one today. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Ah, uh, that's some of the best work of the leader of this network for so many years, the legendary Barney Hall, whose birthday was this week. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live, and we bring in MRN lead turn announcer Dave Moody. I tell you what, with every passing day, I think more and more about Barney, and when we hear highlights like that, you can't help but flash back to the days that we had the opportunity to share the microphone with such a broadcasting legend. Well, you and I have talked about this many times, Mike, and I've been doubly blessed in my life and my career. I, I tell people that I went to Ken Squire High School and Barney Hall University, and I, I learned so much from those two men, you know, and, and you know, the, it, with Barney, it was equal parts of the broadcasting business and just how to be a member of NASCAR society. Barney told me something many years ago that I've never forgotten. He said, you know, b- before you open your mouth, ask yourself two questions. Does this have to be said, and does this have to be said by me? And if the answer to either of those questions is no, zip your lips, son, and I've never forgotten it, and it's kept me out of so much trouble over the years. Well, one of the things he told me one time was there's nothing wrong with doing things with a little class. Yeah. And that is so Barney Hall right there. Miss him so much. 
Uh, he's in a better place right now, but we have great memories and obviously a great broadcasting archive to go back through. And here are some of his work and miss him a lot. And uh, that goes for all of us here on MRN. Just a little shout out to Barney who celebrated uh, or we celebrated his life and his birthday this past uh, weekend. Let's uh, let's transition, Dave. We head off to Chicagoland Speedway and we're getting ready to enter the 10 race stretch to determine who's going to race for the playoffs. I think it's safe to say that between Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr., they are the top three. Who's the fourth guy in line, in your opinion? Well, at this point, based on wins, you've got to say Clint Boyer. Uh, based on consistency and and week to week, just kind of hanging in there and being a, a a part of the picture. Joey Logano gets some love. I think Brad Keselowski gets some love. That's the neat part about it right now. With only six winners on the board and only ten regular season races left, there are probably sixteen or seventeen different race teams that have a legitimate shot at this moment in time of making the playoffs based on points. And I think it's altered the way a lot of them are playing the game. Nobody wants to make that big mistake right now and turn a 7th or an 8th place finish into a 27th or a 28th and and shoot themselves in the foot and be out of this thing on points, having to win one of the final 10. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing out of Team Penske that I, I don't really like hearing, I know they're on a quest for it and they still haven't found it, we're starting to go back to racetracks for the second time, and they're still looking for speed. I don't think that they would be rather – I don't think that they would like to be applying their energy to that as we get in a stretch for the playoffs. I'm sure they'd be rather working on other things. Are you surprised that the Penske Bunch is still searching for speed at this point of the year? I am. I am. And, and you know, we, we say it here all the time. At this level of the sport, you don't have to be far off to be far off. And they're not missing it by much at all. They're right Mm -hmm. there every single week. But the difference between winning races and running fifth or sixth is astronomical right now when it comes to not being locked into the playoffs. You know, these guys used to fight for seconds. They used to fight for, you know, eight or nine-tenths of a second. You know, Todd Gordon told me the other day that they are fighting for fractions of one thousandths of seconds that just gives you an idea about how close that garage is can you imagine living in a world where you're fighting for fractions of thousands and ten thousandths of seconds i can't imagine that yeah i mean it's like a bird looking for crumbs it's tenths (laughs) you're you're exactly right it's tenths of tenths right now you look at uh, you look at the speed charts when qualifying is finished this weekend and you'll see that there's probably a tenth and a half difference between, you know, depending on the size of the track, but a tenth and a half second a lot of weeks between the pole sitter and the 11th or 12th or 15th place guy. Uh, I'll say it again. You, uh, under those circumstances, you don't have to be far off to be far off. Only six winners so far here in 2018. Six winners, that means 10 guys are looking for a playoff berth. In your opinion, what's the better storyline? More winners in spreading the wealth or less winners and creating the sub-storyline about guys jockeying for position, trying to get in the proper position to make the playoffs? Right now, I think it's option B because, we, like I said, in, you know, counting the six guys that have already won, I think we've got another 20 or 21 that could theoretically still make it on points. Right now, that's fascinating to see how it all sugars out. When we get to the playoffs, though, 
and all of a sudden we've got four guys that are, or at least three, that are head and shoulders and 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 half a torso above the crowd. It takes a little of the fun out of it trying to figure out who's going to make it to Homestead when you've got a pretty good idea who at least three out of the four are right now. You know what's interesting? We've talked about the big three. We've talked about Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr. Um, we'd had some conversations uh, off air about that setup is great. That storyline's good. But then you have the other storyline with Cole Pern, Rodney Childers, and Adam Stevens on top of those war wagons. And I think that after Sunday's outcome, the score is Cole Pern one, <laughs> everybody else nothing, because he did a great job of outfoxing everybody. It's great that drivers are going toe-to-toe on the racetrack, but now I think we're starting to see crew chiefs go toe-to-toe on the war wagons. You know, I mean, we all love a good old-fashioned, you know, tear the fenders off slobber knocker, where the drivers just get physical and muscle each other around and settle it the old-fashioned way. But I'm also enough of a purist, Mike, that I can I can go for a mind game every once in a while. I don't mind just every once in a while getting reminded that this is a thinking man's game. And what Cole Pern did on Sunday with his pit now, pit now, pit now, never mind. I mean, it was just, it was just brilliant. Guys up on the wall, helmets on, revving up the air guns for effect, and they didn't have any intention in the world of coming to pit road on that lap. It was great. That was the equivalent of the offense pulling the defense off sides. I, th- I think that's probably right. Yeah, or, or we made the analogy the other day. It's it's like the head and shoulders pump fake in basketball, you know. All of a sudden, you, you had no intention of shooting the ball, but there goes the defender flying through the air 18 <laughs> rows deep into the cheap seats because he bought it hook, line, and sinker. Appreciate you coming on, stopping by. Looking forward to seeing you in Chicagoland this weekend. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you there. That's Dave Moody coming up on NASCAR Live. First time Camping World Truck Series winner Justin Haley will join us. And later, Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, will preview Chicagoland Speedway. Kyle Petty here. My friends at Click & Close, the official mortgage provider of NASCAR, have stepped up this year to support Victory Junction through the fastest lap of the race program on NASCAR Radio. So join our team. Go to clickandclose.com NASCAR today to donate $43 or more and help us give the gift of camp to children with serious medical conditions. That's clickandclose.com slash NASCAR. And just look for the Victory Junction logo. Thanks to Click and Close and NASCAR Radio for their support this season. In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at demanddetroit.com. First-time winner Justin Haley joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Down the back straightaway, Justin Haley extending his lead over Gillen. Sauter with a last lap charge. Down the back straightaway, trying to get one more as they race off into turn three. Haley all alone out front. Here's Sauter, dives to the inside, trying to grab second. Can't do it. Off the corner is going to be a Hoosier in the land of Lincoln this evening. Justin Haley wins the Eaton 200 and scores his first career victory in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Saturday night on the Motor Racing Network. Career win number one 
for Justin Haley in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and he joins us right now to talk about it. Justin, welcome to NASCAR Live. Congratulations on picking up your first career win Saturday night at Gateway. Thank you, guys. I uh, I really appreciate it. It was uh, a night tournament for sure. So what was the difference for you at the end? I know it was a little rambunctious there towards the end of that race, but what was the difference maker for you that night, that weekend, ever since you loaded off the trailer? I think the major key was uh, Goodyear gave us the opportunity to go there and tire test, and we made around 400 laps of that tire test. And, you know, we really got our stuff dialed in there. And, and we unloaded a gateway, and we were pretty good. Um, we were one of the fastest trucks by far on race runs and, and in mock qualifying trim as well. So um, qualifying went good. We qualified fourth, and I was really confident about the truck. It was a really smooth weekend, you know, really nothing out of the ordinary happened. It was just so smooth, which is, uh, makes it even better. But um, we fired off, and we were just way too loose. The uh, track transitioned to the night, and uh, we fired off the race. Man, we were just fighting loose, 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 and we got it tuned in there. Um, put some new tires on it, and um, throughout the race, we just kept getting better and better. And around 40 laps to go, we got that red flag, and we had fired off so much better than anyone else. So um, our truck came alive there, and, and we were the fastest thing on the track. And we uh, were hunting down Grax in there, and, and had some pretty good restarts. So um, it was a it was a surreal night for sure. It was uh, it was really cool, and it, it just uh, how it all fell into place, and, and we got lucky, and it was just pretty uh, pretty exciting. You mentioned the truck coming to life. What does that feel like? What are you able to do with the truck that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to earlier before it came to life? Yeah, you know, when, when your truck's not really handling well or your car or whatever you're racing, you know, you really can't turn it to its full potential. You you kind of have to baby it. And, um, you know, if you're getting tight in the center of the corners, then you can't drive it as hard as you hope. So my 24 paternal order Eagles, uh, GMS Chevy, man, I could just drive that thing. Um, as hard as I wanted to, and it would stick. We would just roll through the rainforest so much better than all the other guys. Kevin Belcourt and all them guys, they, they gave me a great stroke. That was actually a brand-new stroke. First time it ever hit the racetrack was that weekend. So um, hands off to the GMS Fabrication guys as well for building it from the uh, the ground up. You mentioned Kevin Bellacourt. He obviously is your crew chief. Uh, how are things going as far as the chemistry department with him are concerned? Seems like that for at least Saturday night, man, there's some chemistry right there. And it seems like all season long the chemistry has been building because your performance has been getting better and better and better. Yeah, we've, we've just gained so much confidence over last year. You know, we, we went to Texas last fall. We sat on the pole, and that was a big confidence boost for both of us. He's a He's a new crew chief in the sport, and this is his third season in the truck series, second with me. So, I mean, after this weekend, our confidence is, is just super high, and that goes a long way um, to have confidence and momentum. And, you know, the whole team, we got some new guys on our team this year than we did last year. So um, having the confidence is really the, the big difference. Um, I feel like I've got a lot more confidence in the truck and pushing it to its ability and, and racing the people around me um, and trusting them. So. Um, the chemistry's been great. I love working with Bellacourt. He's uh, a phenomenal crew chief, and uh, we're both young and, and ready to succeed. Well, you succeeded this past Saturday night on the mile and a quarter. What about the mile and a half coming up uh, Friday at Chicagoland Speedway? The Overton's 225. You do have a race under your belt there. You got experience there. What kind of curveballs, what kind of challenges does Chicagoland throw your way over the course of a 225-mile race under the lights there? You know, I think Chicagoland, uh, you know, it's it's really not that difficult compared to Gateway. You know, it's a short track. So our mile and a half program has, has been pretty good. I think the biggest factor we'll play is um, the new Elmore engines at, at a track uh, of that magnitude. We've, we've kind of been throwing a curveball in these 
these engines really are um, down on some RPM. They've got they've got horsepower and torque, but they just don't have the RPM that the open motors did. So um, you've seen us even at Gateway, we're running that middle groove, just trying to keep them wound up. And and uh, the more throttle you can have, uh, the better, because they don't recover off the corners well. So um, I think you know once people get racing up up front and you can get a good draft, I think they'll be able to go up top and make it three wide and make it exciting. So and, and Goodyear's been bringing really good tires to the racetrack as well. They've been phenomenal. So. I think the racing is going to be uh, really cool, like it always is in the truck series. You know, you see it um, going four or five wide sometimes. It's just the nature of the beast. So I'm um, pretty pumped for Chicago. It's uh, kind of a home track for me, so um, really exciting. That is a racetrack that has the same asphalt since it was uh, basically put into play there when it opened in 2001. 17 years worth of curing of that asphalt. Does that give you the opportunity, considering it's got so much character, that you can spread out and maybe go to the top side, the middle, bottom side, wherever you need to self-medicate the truck to make it run the best? It definitely uh, makes you search for it and makes you search where the truck's the best. And we've got four series there with Arca, Xfinity trucks, obviously, and um, cup cars. So there's going to be plenty of rubber on the racetrack, um, especially with the cup cars. They'll be running higher than us. So um, I think by the time we get to racing, the groove will be really wide. And, and as long as we can get to the bumps well, one and two and three and four, I think we'll be uh, pretty good. Well, we can't wait to get to Chicagoland. I know you can't either to try to go back-to-back there, uh, winning Saturday night at Gateway and try to win Friday night at Chicagoland. Justin, thank you so much for joining us here on NASCAR Live. Congratulations on getting career win number one over the weekend. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's Justin Haley of GMS Racing winning over the weekend in the Eaton 200, a race you heard right here on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Chase Elliott's crew chief will explain the challenges of setting up a car for Chicagoland. And later, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace joins us. I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that onion to bloom. And it get in my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So bold, so nice. And I'm so, 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 so ready for that Outback Steak tonight. Outback Steak House. That's what it's all about. Outback Steak great. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting racingelectronics.com. Busy weekend of programming for you coming from Chicagoland this weekend. Our coverage begins Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Overton's 225. Then a bit of a different Saturday schedule. We'll kick things off with two Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series practice sessions, one at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, the other at 2 p.m. Eastern, both of those on MRN.com. We'll follow that by the Overton's 300 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Live coverage there at 3 Eastern. And then it'll be Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series pole qualifying. Be sure to tune in at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for that. And then, of course, we're back Sunday. The Overton's 400 for the Cup Cars. 
1.30 p.m. Eastern Motor Racing Network airtime. Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week on NASCAR Live. Over the weekend, our Woody Kane was at Sonoma Raceway, had a chance to catch up with Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, and they talked about the challenges of setting up a car for this week's Overton's 400 at Chicagoland. Um, well, the first thing you kind of think of is the surface is a little wore out, and and uh, it's got some uh, irregularities in the track and some bumps, and uh, which make it good, uh, which makes it really cool. I think uh, the first thing you want to do is you've got to be able to uh, – you know, not have any entry issues getting in the corner. Typically, you can kind of be loose into three. And and uh, really, to run the track really well, you've got to get off of two good and, and you know, maintain, uh, hug the, the, the bottom as long as you can off of four also. Uh, the track kind of, you know, as the tires wear, you kind of migrate to the top, which is really neat. Uh, so when you get up there and how close you get to the wall, uh, there's certainly some speed at the wall but uh, there's a risk that comes with that. A lot of the drivers talk about uh, how much they love worn-out, bumpy tracks. As a crew chief, does that kind of thing make you pull your hair out? No, I agree with them. Uh, I like it, too. It just, it, just, it just gives you more options and more opportunities to uh, give your driver an advantage, and, and uh, you know, there's just not uh, – uh, it eliminates – some of the track position you know issues or you know traffic issues we have it doesn't limit all of them but it you know makes it a little bit easier to pass and and uh if you can get your car good uh you can make some passes and there's different lanes to run so i love it i think it's a great track it's a track we've had a lot of uh, fun at and success over the years and and uh it's a good place to go a lot of uh, people talk about this not being a playoff race for the first time in recent memory but how different do you think the track might be in july versus the fall Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I can remember racing the, that race in July and, uh, you know, I think or sometime in the summer, I think we raced it at night, but uh, it's hot and it's slick. So I think that's going to make the track, you know, a little bit tougher and a little bit harder to get a hold of. Uh, but I think we'll produce, uh, you know, some really good racing and and uh, some good opportunities. Do you think guys might be a little more intense since it's not that first playoff race where everybody's thinking survive, don't have anything go wrong, or not so much? Well, it's always pretty intense from my point of view, so I don't know that that's going to change much. Um, you know, every race is, is is crucially important, you know, for a variety of reasons. So I expect it to be, uh, be you know, all out like usual. That's Alan Gustafson, crew chief for Chase Elliott. Alan, along with the rest of the Cup Series garage, got some good news at the end of last week. NASCAR made the announcement that the aero package that was used in the All-Star race last month will not be used again this year. And over the weekend, Kevin Harvick talked about NASCAR's decision. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good decision. You know, I think as as you look at all the logistics of of trying trying to, you know, turn the tide of it's like putting your house up for sale and, and you know you most likely you're not going to sell it the next day and have the money in the bank it takes time to be able to to put your house up for sale um you know have the loan paid off and find somewhere new to live um so you know that's just 
a small example of, of something that's real life. And, and when you look at these teams and the things that are that are already laid out, money that's already been spent on research and development, um, you know, I think we could make that package better than, than what it was at the All-Star Race. And, and in order to do that, you just have to have a well-laid-out plan so that you just don't jump into somebody and then have to change something else. How do we get into uh, what everybody thought was a, you know, a great race at the All-Star Race? How do you get into that? and make it better than it was and, and not have to change the spoiler size or change, um, you know, the plate size or change a tire. Is Goodyear really prepared? And, and, you know, I think as you look at, um, you know, a lot of talk about Indianapolis and running that package and, you know, the, the first thing that everybody says is, oh, you know, it would probably be a, be a good race. And the second thing that everybody says, I wonder if the tire will work for Goodyear. Well, there's already a, there's already a test plan. There's already been money spent on, um, you know, logistics and tires are already built. And, and there's just, there's so many things that affect something else that it just takes a lot in order to do something like that because you're not talking about a splitter or a spoiler. You're talking about a whole body. You're talking about a new aero package. You're talking about a new engine package. And we're already talking about saving, you know, $2,500 for a set of tires per team and, and trying to help budget. So, you know, if you go and spend what would probably cost you know, I'm not even going to put a number on it, but it'd be in the in, in the millions as as to what it would cost each team to uh, turn that program around. The engine bills are going to go go way up. So, you know, if you started a season with a plan to say we're going to do this, the teams can take their budget and budget around things and and be able to uh, be prepared. And, and NASCAR's in the same boat. Is you know, there's going to be some things that that pop up from an inspection side of things that nobody thought of. And, you know, at that point, it's going to be, okay, this guy's doing this and nobody else has figured it out and we need to change the rule, but we already made the rules. So you just, you got to be really careful about diving into something and, and not thinking about the reverse effect on things. And, and really, you know, it's, it's really about money at, at this particular point. And, and, you know, you're almost halfway through the season and everybody's getting ready for the playoffs in 10 weeks. And, and it's just, a, it would be a massive, massive undertaking for the whole sport that could be, could be right, could be wrong because of the fact that you haven't run a full race and you don't really know for sure. And, and we had a, you know, just a great all-star race and, and a lot of positive momentum. So let's make sure that the, you know, I think it sounds like that they're just trying to make sure that the next time it's on a track, it's as good, if not better than it was at the all-star race. That's Kevin Harvick on NASCAR's decision to not use the all-star aero package anymore in 2018. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll look back at last year's race at Chicagoland with the NASCAR Live Backtracks, and Kim Kuhn will be here with a social media minute. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com or on the track this week at Chicagoland Speedway. Don't miss the biggest party of the summer. Get tickets to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Overton's 400 race and see for yourself. Witness speed unlike anything you've ever seen. Party with people from all over and listen to Randy Hauser live in concert all in one weekend. June 28th through July 1st. Experience the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Overton's 400 race in person. Get your tickets at ChicagolandSpeedway.com now. We'll take you back to last year's race at Chicagoland next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, we're headed off to Chicagoland Speedway for the Overton's 400 race weekend. Last year, this race was held in September as the first race of the playoffs, and it was your eventual champion that took it to victory lane that day. Here's how it sounded with a NASCAR Live Backtracks. Drivers, start your engine! Booyaka shot! All right, make sure you got your belts good and tight. All your switches and everything in your office nice and neat like you want it here. We come into the green this time, but... Pace car is on pit road, and we are ready to go. Green flag ready to fly. It is in the air, and we are underway in the tails of the Turtles 400 in Chicagoland. Remember, we talked about don't make a mistake. There were two in that round of green flag stops. One of them to Truex. 78, too fast on pit road, station 14. Where's that at? The last one. Leave it, leave it to the road. Coming to you. All clear, but all clear. After 52 laps, it has been a Kyle Busch benefit so far. Really good drive off of four. Just uh, maybe, maybe two numbers might center exit. Uh, turn two, power up. Just having the weight on the throttle a little bit. Back in a little front turn, but it's really good. Goals center, good. Right now, we're watching one of those Toyotas come to pit road. It's Kyle Busch. Alex Hayden headed to you. Yeah, he said he may have a tire going down. Here he is at 45 miles per hour. You ready. Boost wheel. 10 far, you tell which side. Left rear. Man, it all look pretty good in here. Just be confident when you bring it down. We'll be ready. Coming. This time. 10 far, no mistake. Four tires. Four tires. Be coming, no mistake. Don't compound it here. 4,000 all You can't make a mistake. You had an issue, thought he had a loose wheel. Then he was busted. Too many crew members over the wall. That's a pit road violation. Outside 48. We're over the wall too soon. Gonna have to do a pass through as well. Outside. Clear. I'll tell you when. We'll come at the last possible second. That's what we'll come. We will not speed and we will not stop at the box. Best battle in the top 10 right now, as we mentioned, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson running fourth and fifth. What's going on with 18? Uh, I think he had a loose wheel and, and he had a man over too early. So a lot of guys have a penalty. So just need to make sure we execute, even if we give up a little bit on pit road to do so. Two laps down in front of you. Trouble back straight away. Jamie McMurray gets turned. He'll slide to the inside of the racetrack. He'll turn one three sixty, perhaps two. Solo car incident. Jamie McMurray spinning to the bottom of the back straightaway. Think I had any damage today? Yes, sir. All good there, bud. Chase Elliott with such a good run. Yet another runner-up finish. If we stay under the green flag and it finishes out like it is right now. Well, 78 must have been strolling there for a little while because he's done a lot better here recently. Yep, copy that. Doing good, bud. Close it out here. He's on his way to victory lane for the fifth time in 2017, and he's on his way to the round of 12. Martin Truex Jr. wins the Tales of the Turtles 400 at Chicagoland. Bring her to the chicken flag. Winner, Chicago, back to back. Come get some of that. Congratulations, Martin. Hell yeah, man. You know what time it is? Unbelievable. Thank you, guys. Thanks for sticking with me all day. You guys are the best, man. There's no doubt about it. 
That's from this past September, a NASCAR Live backtracks. Martin Truex Jr. overcoming a pit road penalty to win at Chicagoland Speedway. As we turn our focus to this week, Kim Kuhn joins us now with the latest in social media. Kim, what do you have for us? Thanks, Mike. Well, Martin Truex Jr. joins Kyle Busch as the only active driver with multiple wins at Sonoma Raceway, and that is due in very large part to his crew chief, Cole Pern. Cole had some hijinks in the race on Sunday where he bluffed and acted like the 78 was going to pit. This confused the four team a little bit. They pitted, which gave Truex the lead. And so everybody was feeling sky high on the 78 team after the race on Sunday. Somebody who wasn't feeling quite as well was Rodney Childers, who's crew chief for Kevin Harvick. He had made the call to bring Harvick in, which ultimately ended up losing them the race. But he had a great positive tweet after the race saying, I love racing with those guys. And I have a ton of respect for both of them. And at least Cole Pern told me he was sorry. Those guys have a great relationship, Cole and Rodney. And so I'm sure they're laughing about it at this point. But we're headed to Chicagoland Speedway. It's going to be a triple header weekend. We are covering all the action. It's going to be jam-packed. There's going to be a lot to follow. And so the best way you can do that is to give us a follow on Twitter at MRN Radio. We're going to have posts, updates, pictures, keep you in the loop with everything Chicagoland. And, of course, if you're going to tweet us, just be sure to use that hashtag AskMRN. Thank you, Kimmy. Coming up on NASCAR Live, NASCAR Hall of Famer and MRN analyst Rusty Wallace stops by to break down the 2018 season. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am Rob Tanner inviting you to the all-new America's Tailgate Party NASCAR USA. The sound is updated with fresh features and more of the voices you hear at the racetrack each week. The one thing that hasn't changed, it's two hours of the hottest hits in country music as we get you ready to go racing. So join us for the brand new edition of America's Tailgate Party, NASCAR USA, at the same place right here on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Winding our way to conclusion on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. Earlier today... NASCAR Hall of Famer, MRN analyst Rusty Wallace stopped by the MRN studios and chatted with our Woody Kane about the season and much more with this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. What's jumped out at you at this early part of the year? I think the thing that's really jumped out in my mind, guys, is Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I just can't believe that he hasn't righted the ship yet and got that thing on track and going. I mean, it's week after week. They can't seem to get the performance out of their car like we've been so accustomed to seeing them do in the past. Uh, and so I just keep waiting week after week for, for them to get going and get that thing going. But, you know, when you look at Hendrick Motorsports in general, you got uh, so many young guys on that team mm-hmm. right now. And in my opinion, they're really in a learning uh, transition right now. They're learning and trying to build that team. I mean, let's face it, Jeff Gordon's gone. You got drivers that were there in the past. Uh, Dale Jr., he's gone. There's a lot of the mm-hmm. the backbone of that team not it's missing right now. So they got the young guys in there, and they've got to recultivate this team and get it going again. But still, w- with all that said, 
you still think that seven-time champion, yeah. champion Jimmy Johnson be up in the mix, and he's just not. He hasn't won. and so You don't luck your way to seven championships. I mean, he's good. Do you think How much of it do you think maybe is related to the new Camaro? Well, I think maybe a little. But, you know, we had a long talk with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson was uh, in, in his Chevrolet just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. fell out of the race. We interviewed him, and he said, I'll tell you what, I had a fast car, so I'm tired of people saying that it's the problem with the Camaro, that it's not fast enough. He says, I have not, I have not had a problem with speed all year long. So mm-hmm. he, he, he calls uh, a lot of bad stuff about people saying it's the Camaro. He doesn't think it is because yeah. they've got the speed. So, you know what, I just think they, uh, the, the handling has changed. You gotta, these things change every single year. You've got to keep up with the Joneses. And for some reason, that team, I'm talking about Hendrick Motorsports, and particularly Jimmy Johnson, they've had a tough time doing that. Mm-hmm. So I do think they're going to get it right. Because they always do when they get down in a ditch. But uh, we're pretty far in the year right now. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And the other one I wanted to ask you about is is how are the Fords doing what they're doing? They've been dominant, but they've got the oldest make of car. And I asked some guys about it, in particular Jack Roush. And I said, is it because you guys have a bigger notebook with this car? And he said, well, I wouldn't say that necessarily because we don't have a body as modern as the others. Well, you got to look at Hen- or the guys at uh, Penske Racing, and you got to look at Stuart Haas Racing. Those two guys are the ones really knocking it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Roush teams, they're struggling. They're struggling big time. But I really think that uh, you know, the guys over at Gene Haas's place and Tony Stewart's joint, they've got the best drivers. Yeah. I think they've got really good drivers over there. And I, th- I know for a fact that Team Penske's got great drivers, and Brad Keselowski and Logano and, and Ryan Blaney. I mean, Blaney, he's a surprise, too, a good surprise. Yeah. He's running better than I thought. But then you look over at the guys from Joe Gibbs Race, and they got great drivers over there, and they're doing great on the racetrack, too. So the teams that are supposed to be doing good are doing good. Yeah. What about some of the stuff that we talked about way early in the season? For example, fewer pit crewmen over the wall and the tech issues with the new inspection station. Have we made too much of that or not enough, you think? Well, I didn't think we made too much of it. I think it was something proper to talk about. There's no doubt about that because they fought these doggone air impact guns for a long, long time, and they're still not consistent with the teams. The teams look to me like they try to rush those guns too much. Yeah. They almost like mentally try to speed them up when they don't want to speed up. I heard they were using nitrogen in them to make them go faster. Well, who knows? Maybe <laughs> they are. They could be. Anything they can. Yeah. They're, they're going to be testing. Yeah, they'll be <laughs> testing everything they possibly can to get that stuff going. But, you know, I think that, that more or less, I think the guns have been the big deal. Not so many people over the wall mm-hmm. uh, is a big deal, but it's actually the guns themselves. They're trying to figure those things out. And like I said, they run slower than the old guns. And it seems like these really good tire changers try to aggressively speed them up, maybe hit the lug nuts so fast that they pull back and the lug nuts are loose. And we're seeing all these problems all year long with that. Yeah, the margin for error is so small now. I mean, one little thing can just ruin a whole pit stop. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And it's so tight. I mean, talking about coming down pit road, the driver's got to do his job taking every uh, available moment he can or second uh, coming down pit road. He can't really leave anything laying on the ground. He's got to take all he can get. So you got to do that. You got to get these air guns figured out. Uh, you got to be calm and aggressive at the same time. But we've all known for a long, long time that pit road is really wins you a lot of races, yeah. and, and that's still going to be the focus no matter what happens. One other thing I wanted to ask you about that happened recently. I know it's probably near and dear to your heart is Roger Penske uh, getting uh, selected to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I, I know that had to be a cool moment for you. But what I wanted to ask you is, do you remember the very first time you met Roger and what you thought? I do remember the first time I was introduced to Roger through Don Miller and Don and I and Roger, the one that started Team Penske back in 1991. Well, my first encounter with Roger was 1980. Mm-hmm. I was running the short tracks of America and winning a lot of races. And Don Miller 
went straight to Roger Penske. And at that time, Don worked with Roger, and Don lived in St. Louis, right where I live. Mm-hmm. So Don was watching me drive, and he said, hey, Mr. Penske, he said, we got this young hotshot in Missouri. It's really getting something done. I think you got to give him a shot. And he told Don, he said, well, throw him in an airplane and bring him up here. Let me meet him. <laughs> so I got in a plane and went up there and sat down with him. And made, there I was with this nuclear hairdo. I had this gigantic hair on my head. But I had a lot of fire, and I was winning a lot of races. And he saw right through that. He said, let's give him a shot. So they built me a car, took me to the Atlanta 500, and I finished second right off the bat. And I thought, man, this stuff's easy, and this is going to be good. Well, Roger took me to the second race. We had all kinds of problems in Michigan. Took me to third race, had more problems. He said, kid, he said, you done good at Atlanta, but you need more experience. He said, when you get more experience, maybe our paths across cross again. And so I went on to win the 89 championship. I called him up, and I said, hey, man, do I have enough experience now? And he said, hell, Yeah. <laughs> And that's when we put Team Penske together. After we got the buildings built and the property bought and the cars going, and we started the 91 season together. And from there on, he's been one of my mentors and one of my best friends. Yeah, that's really cool. Speaking of the nuclear hair, did he say, you're going to have to cut that, Rusty? No, he did redress me, though. <laughs> you know, gave me all fresh clothes and all the, the cool pants and the cool racing jackets and all the stuff. And uh, he did give me a lot of guidance. But he didn't have to say much. His eyeball said everything. He just looked at you. He gave you an elevator look. He looked up. He looked down and knew right away what you needed to do as a driver for him. <laughs> That's fantastic. Let's look ahead a little bit now. we got Chicago Land coming up, and it's no longer the first race of the playoffs. A big track. A lot of guys been good on the mile and a half, in particular the Fords that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, really. And the guy I'm looking at really hard is Kevin Harvick. He's been probably the, the backbone of all the Ford cars right now. I mean, the guy is so strong and you know, we talk about what makes sense in this sport. I tell people all the time, I say, Kevin Harvick makes all the sense in the world to me to be a guy that's got enough uh, veteran in him to lead this whole Ford gang. Uh, the second guy would be Brad Keselowski. And I say this stuff because of their upbringing. Mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick raced all, raced all the short tracks in America. Kevin Harvick owned his own truck team. Kevin Harvick owned his own Xfinity team. He's designed his own cars. He's run his team. He knows everything mechanically about a car, and he knows how to operate a team, and he drives super smart. So when I see him out there winning on a consistent basis, it makes a lot of sense to me. I see other drivers winning but not on a consistent basis like Kevin. Mm -hmm. And when I see Kevin doing it week in and week out, I'm like, you know what, self? It doesn't surprise me a bit because this guy knows what he's doing. Now, you think about Keselowski. Brad grew up with his dad on the short tracks. They built their own cars. They set up their own chassis. They went week in and week out on a budget that just was not much there. They made a lot out of nothing. He really understands his car also. So when I look at the pecking order, who's really smartest in the garage as far as drivers Mm -hmm. of getting a job done on a consistent basis, it's always because Keselowski and Harvick. Everybody says, who's going to win this week, Rusty? And I go, Harvick or Keselowski, one of those two. (laughs) You've been right a lot then. (laughs) Look, I've said it every week for two years now in a Mm -hmm. row. Absolutely. Now, after that, we got a couple of night races, Daytona and Kentucky. Is this the part of the year where guys are going to start separating themselves, the haves from the have-nots, the playoff guys from the non-playoff guys? Well, I always look at the second half of the year as uh, you've already been at one race. Now it's time to go back to that track again. Not, now it's not all tracks like that, obviously, yeah. not the ones that only have one race a year. But I've always looked at the second half of the year going, maybe it's a big reset. They've ran all these tracks now. They've learned a lot. They've learned the good stuff and the bad stuff. Now it's round two. Let's see who steps up to the plate now. 
And so round two is what I'm looking for Jimmy Johnson to step up the plate. Hopefully they learned a lot of the stuff they've learned the first half of the year. In the second half, they can apply what they've learned and get that baby going again. Anybody kind of sticking in the back of your mind that we may be surprised by in the latter half of the season here? Well, I think that, you know, Ryan Blaney just keeps getting stronger and stronger. He just seems to me he's just better and better. Uh, Chase Elliott, another one of the same. He started off slow again compared to how he left off last year. But I think Chase is going to get going again. And uh, Denny Hamlin's been right there all year long, just hasn't got a victory yet. I think he's one of the next guys we're going to see pop into victory lane, too. And it might come at a track like Richmond, Virginia, where he's really, really good at. That's Rusty Wallace and Woody Kane for this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll look back on this week in NASCAR history, and we'll preview this weekend's Overton's 400 in Chicagoland. Hey, NASCAR fans, have you ever wanted a chance to meet your favorite driver or go behind the scenes at your favorite racetrack? Now's your chance by bidding on auctions that support the NASCAR Foundation and our mission to help kids live happier, healthier lives. Our auction site is VIP experiences, race used and autographed NASCAR memorabilia, and much more. Visit nascarfoundation.org slash auctions today and bid on experiences and items posted weekly. That's nascarfoundation.org slash auctions. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706, 800-242-1706. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Getting ready to take it to the house for this week's edition of NASCAR Live. In a moment, we'll preview this weekend's race at Chicagoland. But first, let's go back in time with this week in NASCAR history. 1972 is our first stop this week. The Staples Singers are on the radio with I'll Take You There. Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett are the kings of late-night talk shows. According to a Gallup poll... President Richard Nixon has a 60% approval rating, and NASCAR was racing at Texas World Speedway. Richard Petty survived an extremely hot day to win the Lone Star 500. A race fans at this end of the speedway on their feet as Richard Petty moves into turn number three. That red and blue automobile moving around some of the last automobiles. Coming down, if he can get it off turn four, he backs off the pace a little bit. There's some traffic up front. He's not taking a chance. Richard Petty out against the wall, heading for the start-finish line. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Petty has just won the Lone Star 500 at Texas World Speedway. Next stop is 1989. Richard Marks has the number one song with Satisfied. Celebrity couple Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith got married for the second time. Tim Burton's Batman is the top-grossing movie at the box office. And NASCAR was racing at Michigan International Speedway. It was Bill Elliott beating Rusty Wallace for the victory in the Miller Highlight 400. Bill Elliott by himself. He can pretty much coast from here as he moves into turn three. Nice tight line down in three. Since he got that last set of tires, Elliott's been super tough at this end of the speedway. Fans rise here at this end of the racetrack to honor Bill Elliott. Over the years, David Pearson has nine wins here in Michigan and Kale Yarborough with eight. Now Bill Elliott with his seventh career win at Michigan. And we end this week in 1990. Phil Collins is number one with Do You Remember? Tom Cruise's Days of Thunder is released in theaters. 
In Phoenix, the temperature reached 122 degrees. And in Brooklyn, Michigan, Dale Earnhardt took the lead from Ernie Irvin with six laps to go to win the Miller Genuine Draft 400. One mile from the checkered flag, everyone continuing to run single file. They come to the end of the back straightaway, three quarters of a mile to go. It's Earnhardt, Irvin, Bodine, and Martin. Now coming through turn number four, still running single file off the corner. Earnhardt's car working well on the low side of the racetrack. He comes off turn four, swings to the outside retaining wall. Ernie Irvin will not have a chance. Dale Earnhardt wins the Miller 400 here at Michigan International Speedway. And happy birthday to our defending Cup Series champion, Martin Truex Jr. Those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. Before we wrap things up, Susie Armstrong is here to preview this weekend's race at Chicagoland. Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series transitions from tight, twisting turns to sweeping corners and high speeds for the Overton's 400 at Chicagoland Speedway. With the 400-mile event moving from September to July, many in the garage are contemplating the impact increased heat may have on the competition. Two-time Chicagoland winner Kevin Harvick returns to Illinois, anticipating slick conditions around the mile-and-a-half trial bowl. It's been a while since I've been to Chicago in the middle of, of July. You know, and I think as, as you look at, um, you know, that racetrack in particular, the asphalt's really wore out, and you add, you know, some high temperatures to go along with it. It should be a, should be a really fun race. 2015 Chicago winner Denny Hamlin acknowledges that heat may be a factor, but shouldn't change the team's overall approach. Like that racetrack, I like that you know you can run all the way from the wall to the inside apron there at that racetrack. So it's a fun one, but uh, I think we'll probably go back with the same notes and the same setup that we had uh, last year and uh, work from there. But uh, yeah, certainly with the schedule change, it, it, it definitely will have a different feel for sure. With two notches in the wind column this season, Clint Boyer returns to his native upper Midwest, seeking his first victory in Joliet. Chicago's always been a cool racetrack. It's a sister track to my home track in Kansas, and the fan base up there is that Midwestern fan base that, that uh, you know, I feel most comfortable with and enjoy um, you know, going to that racetrack and interacting with them in the infields and everything else. The green flies over the Overton's 400 Sunday afternoon at Chicagoland Speedway just after 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Live coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins at 1.30. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Susie Armstrong. That's going to do it for us this week here on NASCAR Live. Our thanks to Rusty Wallace, Alan Gustafson, Justin Haley, and Dave Moody for joining us. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch up with you same time, same place, right here next week on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. As much as life has changed over the last year, you're still pretty busy. So consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same tests hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. 
With over 25 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. 